October 9th, 2011, First Church in Paris in Dedham. The Importance of Nonverbal Communication by the Reverend Raleigh Weaver. Because our pets communicate with us wordlessly and most of what they hear from us is nonverbal, it seems an obvious thing to consider today on our pet blessing the importance of nonverbal communication. For example, if I tell my dog to sit in a sweet, inviting voice, Oh, Sophia, go lay down. Do you think she does what I ask? But when I point and say in an authoritative tone, Sophia, lay down, she does so immediately. Golden retrievers are particularly good trainers for intentional nonverbal interactions. If I make eye contact, Sophia thinks I am open for her affections. If I don't look at her, she knows I'm too busy to pet her and quickly find something else to do. People often respond the same way. In fact, UCLA did a study that indicated that nearly 93% of communication effectiveness is determined by the speaker's nonverbal cues. Another study indicated that what people hear is 7% affected by the words they use, 38% affected by their voice quality, and 55% affected by their nonverbal expressions. What we say is not nearly as important to others as how we say it. Each week I spend countless hours crafting the words I will speak from this pulpit, and I know from experience that no matter how well-crafted the words are, if I don't have time to practice them and add nonverbal emphasis, including smiles and eye contact, to the sermon, my words ring shallow. And most of you are too polite to say so, but I can read your reactions and your expressions as you leave. No matter how well-crafted my thoughts, if they are not delivered with the spirit and intention that engages you as a listener, then my words are vain. The same phenomenon was evident when I was working as a teacher. No matter how well the lesson plan was prepared, no matter how expertly taught, if I did not engage my students in an entertaining way, the subject was lost. Most of us, though, spend very little time considering how we say something. Just as our reading this morning by Sharon Saylor states, Hearing is natural. Listening is not. I would like to add that so too speaking is quite natural, but presenting ourselves in a way that people can hear us can be rather difficult. Whether a prepared address or comments made off the cuff, if we don't take the time to intentionally express our thoughts, and feelings non-verbally, we can be misunderstood. When I was teaching children with significant behavioral issues, effective nonverbal communication was often the primary skill they needed to learn. At the same time, to calm their often aggressive spirits, my task was to learn to present a soothing exterior, even in the most chaotic circumstance. Now imagine the day one of my students climbed a tree and then onto the roof of the administration building and started to disrobe, dropping first one shoe, one sock, his jacket, his shirt, his pants. As you might imagine, with the removal of each piece, piece, of, 
piece of clothing, my blood pressure rose. What would the administration think of me, a third-year teacher, allowing this to happen? In my angst, I started with my arms akimbo, saying, Stop that! only to experience my student disrobing faster. Then I escalated to standing on my tiptoes with a, If you don't stop that and come down here this instant, I'm going to call your mother, only to witness my student's underwear drop to the ground in front of me. Realizing I was in over my head, I decided to go find help, and in my resigned state, I said calmly, Oh, well, it's your level, and turned and walked away. The level system was the way our students earned privileges through positive behavior. This was obviously negative behavior, and so while it probably went without saying that he would lose level privileges for negative behavior, I felt the need to say something. But I said it as if I was saying nothing at all. It wasn't a threat when I said it. It was just the truth. Oh, well, it's your level. And then I started to walk away. And to my surprise, that was what got my student off the roof and putting his clothes back on. Less was more. I wish I could say this less is more strategy translated easily to my private life. I know from experience, learning to control your reaction so that you don't let your emotions affect how you express yourself is not always easy but it does make good sense. The first way to make this happen is to follow the advice given on airplanes to put on our own oxygen mask before we assist someone else. So too we must first give light and air to our own feelings before we can hope to manage our verbal and nonverbal expressions. Sharon Saylor suggests that we practice a new nonverbal gesture or expression each week and measure how people react. Paying attention to what we are doing and the effect our gestures and expressions have on others will help to improve the quality of our interactions in the world. In my situation with my student, it was only when I was able to recognize my own need for help that I could let go and respond with a matter-of-fact demeanor. Knowing ourselves, recognizing our own needs, and expanding our repertoire of responses are essential steps in communicating effectively both verbally and non-verbally with others. Waking up on the wrong side of the bed, going to work with a bad attitude, you can bet no matter how perfect your words are, your mood will affect your expression. Tone of voice, eye contact, gestures such as the shake of a head, even our attention span are all affected by moods and the use of these nonverbal expressions changes the way others hear what we say. Imagine a day where nothing went right, you didn't get anything done, and you get home an hour late due to traffic. You walk in the house and your spouse asks you what you want for dinner. While you have every right to feel frustrated, do you really want to expose the spouse you adore to your bad day? Stomping in the door without eye contact, I don't care, might be heard as a dismissive, why are you asking me? With a slight shift of tone and a shrug of the shoulder, I don't care, might also be heard as, whatever you make is okay with me. 
We all learned as children that you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, and yet many of us struggle to express our authentic intentions when under stress. I am here to tell you that the key to effective communication lies completely in your nonverbal expressions. Your friend leaning in a bit and looking you in the eye tells you they are listening, or the way they smile as you share something funny, and the frown when they say some when you say something sad, lets them know, lets you know that they are hearing what you say. Most of the time, we just respond to people without thinking about it. And while I'm not trying to say there is anything wrong with your unconscious responses, I do think it is extremely valuable to examine them. At its best, a Unitarian Universalist Church is a place where no matter where you come from or what you are feeling or how you express yourself, you are welcomed and appreciated and loved. And yet, while you will be accepted, no matter how you express yourself verbally or non-verbally in this sacred space, I think it's vitally important for us to acknowledge that the primary difference between a really poor communicator and a really great one lies almost completely in how well we non-verbally express ourselves. When I was in San Francisco, there was a woman, or at least I think it was a woman, who came to church each week with her face wrapped totally in gauze. It wasn't a bandage, or at least I think it wasn't, but it did cover all of her skin. The hands of this anonymous person were covered in gloves. The legs were covered in stockings. Not one inch of this person's skin was visible to light. As you might imagine, this estranged stranger raised quite a frantic, nervous reaction in the congregation. Who was this person? What were they doing? What did they want? I answered all the concerned parishioners as calmly as I could. I didn't know this person's name. I thought she was here for worship just as they were. She didn't seem to be causing any disruption other than covering her face. I would find out what I could. Over time, I started saying hello to this gauze-covered person by smiling each time I saw her. I hoped I was letting her know I could see her, even in her hidden state. Eventually... After six months of passing her in the halls, I received the only worded communication I ever received from her, a note. It was a thank you note for understanding. I wasn't sure I had shown understanding, but the note thanked me for my understanding nonetheless. In writing, the person wrapped in gauze explained she had been badly burned, horribly abused, that even though the burns had healed, she felt she needed the gauze for comfort, and that something in my manner had shown her that I understood. She signed the note from Alex. In all honesty, I felt as disconcerted by this hidden figure as everyone else but I also felt an equal and perhaps even greater responsibility to be inclusive. The way I saw it, just by covering up, Alex wasn't being disruptive or harmful, and so as a church we had a responsibility to make her welcome. What I realized in reading the note was that Alex understood the nonverbal cues I was trying to send by smiling at her gauze-covered face as I passed and saying hello in a pleasant tone, I had actually successfully expressed acceptance. I know I'm sharing extreme examples, and in the extreme, the importance of nonverbal communication is quite obvious. 
It is, however, in the everyday conversations, the ones with your coworkers, friends, spouse, your children, and your dog or cat, when your nonverbal expressions are really important. Honing our nonverbal communication so we respond more like the sun and less like the north wind will help us to grow in community and friendship and love in ways that unconscious gesturing never will. So let us agree to deepen our awareness of our wordless interactions and strive as a community to share the love we profess in our covenant in our every nonverbal interaction.